Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today's Tuesday, October 31st, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Well, today we're reading from the Big Book, and we're on page XI. That's Roman numeral XI. The title of the page is the preface. We're going to begin reading paragraph one, beginning with this is the fourth edition. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Ingrid F., the 12 traditions, Bonnie T. The readers of our text today will be Stephanie L., John K., and Elaine T. I have two reference numbers for you. They're five-digit ID numbers. And one is for yesterday, Monday, October 30th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. It's 10,605. That's 10605. And for this morning, Tuesday, October 31st, 2017, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,607. 10607. Our preamble, OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop compulsively. Stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ingrid F. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is Ingrid F., and I'm a compulsive overeater in Southern California. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
9. May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. And thank you so much, Ingrid F. Now I will ask uh, Bonnie T. to please read the 12 traditions. Bonnie T., star one, to unmute. Good morning, may I be heard? Yes. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, this is Bonnie T. in Chicago, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants that do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Okay, thank you, Bonnie T. Um, I don't know if you're going to speak again, but your phone is a little wobbly. I I heard some um, um, interference. um, All right, great. Thanks, Janice. Yeah, you're welcome. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will probably have to interfere and kindly tell you to, you know, time is up. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we're on chap and we're on the preface page XI and the first reader will be beginning to read this is the fourth edition and I will kindly ask Stephanie L to please start reading Good morning, everyone. This is Stephanie L., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Preface. This is the fourth edition of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. The first edition appeared in April 1939, and in the following 16 years, more than 300,000 copies went into circulation. The second edition, published in 1955, reached a total of more than 1,150,500 copies. The third edition, which came off press in 1976, achieved a circulation of approximately 19,550,000 in all formats. Because this book has become the basic text of our society and has helped such large number of, numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery, there exists strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume, describing the AA recovery program, has been largely left untouched in the course of revisions made for the second, third, and fourth editions. The section called The Doctor's Opinion has been kept intact just as it was originally written in 1939 by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, our society's great medical benefactor. And um, how cool it is that uh, we're getting to start start reading the book again. And, um, you know, I want to really focus on a couple things. The first one is just the amazing growth. When you look at the numbers, you know, um, <laughs> there were a hundred, you know, men and women originally who recovered um, from working this program. And then we jumped to, you know, 300,000 copies go into circulation. And, you know, then we have 19,550,000 in all formats of this, <clears throat> of this text um, being available for people all over the world. These first hundred people, you know, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, you know, recover, a hundred people recover, and now we have 19 million copies of this program available to people all over the world and we've got millions of people who have recovered as a result of working this program and working you know the steps out of this book and then i want to focus a little bit on you know the next paragraph and you know this book has become the basic text of our society that doesn't mean that this is a novel and we read it through and we're done you know um, i am a full-time student and when i study for when I read something for one of my classes, I study it. I study it so that I know it, so that I can be tested on it, and so that I can use it. And that's how we read this book. You know, I study this book. It is the basic text of this society. And oh, by the way, you know, it's helped, you know, such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery. Well, you know, this book and following the directions in it and working the steps, how, how they are specifically outlined in this book has saved my life. And, um, you know, I was writing about this this morning. Um, today, 
um, two years ago today, um, I, I came out of a three and a half year relapse where I thought that uh, my life was over and, um, you know, that I would never, ever, ever stop eating again. And it's just, you know, amazing to me to reflect on the fact that um, my life is completely different and that, you know, miracles have happened over these last two years and that I'm not obsessed with food and I'm not, you know, um, hiding in a car in front of a grocery store, binging my brains out um, and hiding from the world. And, you know, it's amazing, you know, to be one of these large numbers of men and women who have been able to recover. Um, so I just want to share that and, and, and give gratitude, you know, um, share some gratitude for this program and this book. And, you know, in the last part of this paragraph, we talk about how the book hasn't changed at all um, because this basic text works. And why would you change something that works? You know, there are people every day picking this book up and recovering, reading the same book that people read back in 1938. And that is just amazing to me. And I'm so grateful um, to be recovered. And I'm so grateful um, to be with all of you this morning. So thank you for letting me share and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Stephanie L. Okay, we're going to get some readers that would like to. And we're going to comment on page XI, the first paragraph. And it's okay if you shout in my, in my uh, ear because maybe I'll be able to hear you. Right. All right, Kate, who would like to be the first one? Lisa J. R. John K. I hear Lisa J. R. I hear John K. Kathleen O. I heard somebody O. Kathleen, is it? Yes. Kathleen O. And I heard somebody before you, too. Of course, I didn't get it. Carrie S. Carrie S. Is that correct? Oh, good. I'm doing good this morning. Carrie S. And who else? Wendy M. and Sherry KB. That's a good group. So let's go with that for now. So we're going to have Lisa JP. I think. Hi, it's Lisa JR, like J.R. Ewing from Baltimore, okay. recovered just for today. Thank yes. you so much for your service and thank you for this wonderful meeting. And I hope the background noise of the car doesn't bother you, but I'm going to make it short and sweet. This reading today just reminds me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, gosh, am I grateful for this program. You know, I came in here arrogantly thinking that I got one, two, and three in the bag because I've had a faith walk my entire life, and I don't really need to read We Agnostics. I don't need to do this. I don't, you know, I was terminally unique when I came in. And then... I read it for the second time because I did finally realize just how whooped I was by this disease. I was totally powerless. And I'm just, um, I'm grateful that I finally had the willingness to work the program, as it says in the book, and work it, like the previous reader said, like a textbook. Like, like it's the thing that's teaching me how to regain communication with my higher power because it was quite obvious before that the bridge to my higher power had holes blown to smithereens in it from self-will and my own bad behavior and character defects. And along comes this little chip of a book 
and I followed the instructions as written in the book, not perfectly, but one day at a time, and man, I now have a rich and loving uh, relationship with my higher power, and I'm just so grateful uh, for this book, and with that, I'll pass. Carrie S., do you want to go next while we get Janice back up on the line? That was cute. John, <laughs> Carrie S., if you're available, please go ahead, and then we'll have John K. Hi, this is Carrie S., gratefully recovered in Colorado. <laughs> and just have to catch, catch my breath. I was in the other room. But, um, yeah, I have to – I get to pray the set-aside prayer so that every time I open this book, I can smash my old ideas. And I, I just love this book, that every single time I open it, I learn something new. And what's jumping out at me is the word helped, because this book has become the basic text of our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholics recover. Um, the word helped actually is in the definition of benefactor. You know, so Dr. Silkworth, he's our great benefactor. It means a person who gives money or help to another person or cause. And thank God this book wants to give us the solution, a solution to our problem. And I, you know, I, I've been able to watch my prejudice slide away and and now that I'm proud to say that I can love and appreciate um, this our beloved big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and and I really really admire other people that you know want to that claim they're big book thumpers because that's you know I can hear in their recovery the the hope that gets me can keeps me recovered so if you're struggling if you're on the lines and you know, you've picked up this book and you see a lot of, um, you know, things that don't, you don't connect with. For me, that was the biggest, that was my biggest thing that was holding me back that kept me relapsing over and over was I kept looking at our differences. I'm not an anorexic. I was never morbidly obese. I'm not a night eater, you know, and I kept, I would look for differences. And, And I just, this book has taught me to look for similarities, identify in, uh, and because my conflict was that I was constantly seeing where I wasn't like you guys. And now that I've had my, an awakening, thanks to this book, this psychic change, I'm, I'm not, I have freedom from this mental twist. I have freedom from repeating these patterns that no longer serve me. And now I have the freedom to grow as much as possible in this life. So thank God for this book. Thank God that I was able to keep picking it up, even though I didn't understand it and it didn't make sense to me. And people, I, people just kept saying, look at it, read it. And, and I've, now I love it and I understand it. And I have um, compassion for those that are struggling. So keep coming back get in the trenches, circle the wagons of your home face-to-face meetings and put this book in front of you 
so that others too may get excited about what, what's happening for you. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Carrie S. John K., are you available? <laughs> well, are you uh, asking me out for a date? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Ah, so we're on page XI. For those of you just getting into the big book and vision for you, you will learn your Roman numerals. Um, uh, there exists a strong sentiment against radical changes. Well, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Um, and, uh, you know, the reality is, you know, a couple of us big book nitpickers could tell you about some of the few small changes that were made between the first and second edition. The, the one main one being that Dr. Silkworth didn't want his name used in the first edition, so it didn't have his name, and now we all know who Dr. Silkworth is, thank God. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, and let's face it, there are places where you can read the first 164 pages and know that they really should change some stuff in here, you know, especially in regards to gender. I mean, let's face it, it's a reflection of the 1930s, you know, and it almost has phrases like to belittle ladies, but, but we're adult enough to know that this is simply a reflection of the time it was written, you know. So, but why don't we change it? Well, in my opinion, human nature. Because if we were, if anybody were to change the main, the main big book text, not the stories, but the text itself, it would almost immediately be a schism. You know, they'd be the I'm an old big book person. Well, I'm a new big book person. And uh, uh, if you ever seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, there's a whole bit very much like that. But now I can tell you, as a person who's gone through a change of editions, because I'm that old. Um, <laughs> Um, it's a bit hard sometimes to make those because you've gotten used to the book that you had, you know, And but it's important. I mean, uh, I remember at one of our meetings, we were still reading the third edition, and, and the person who was speaking at this meeting said, you know, our, my husband got sober right when the second edition was phased out, and his group went out of their way to immediately get new ones because they didn't want newcomers to feel like there was, there was the old group that was the inside kids, and it's true. Uh, I was a little sad about the, the, the third edition going away because I actually knew two of the people that were in the third edition stories that they dropped. Uh, one was a lady named uh, uh, Jacqueline, I think it was. Uh, Star, she was uh, Stars Don't Fall was the story. She was a woman from New Canaan, Connecticut. It was all about an affluent woman. And uh, trust me, if you're living in New Canaan, Connecticut, you are affluent. Um, but the funny story, and I'll end on this, is that the, the other person I knew from program that was in the book and this will also show you how society's changed from even from the third edition to the fourth edition. There was a guy I knew named Maynard, uh, and I was in Connecticut, and he was a Native American, and he was part of a tribe from Connecticut, which is funny in itself because the tribe had all but disappeared until they got permission to open a casino, and now they have the world's largest casino. But if you met Maynard, you talked to him, you would you wouldn't know anything about him. You would think maybe he's Italian or whatever didn't have any accent. Well, if you ever go back and read the third edition and read Join the Tribe, it is the most horribly racist thing you've ever read. read. It's like me, drink them fire water. And um, it's just funny because, you know, we don't do that. We learn, we move things up. The stories in the fourth edition have more about drugs because that's the nature of things today. So thank God things keep changing, and I'm glad to be on the path with all the rest of you guys. Thanks. I pass. And thank you so much, John Kay. Okay, Kathleen O, it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for your service. Good morning. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And 
again, these paragraphs are just offering so much hope. Um, millions of copies, millions of copies of this book, if, you know, are people are reading this because it is helping. It's a basic text. It's something that anybody can read. Um, simple directions to follow, and and uh, has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery. And recovery is to return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. And I have found in recovery that I have returned to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. And I, I tell you, I was not any of those prior to coming into 12-step recovery and reading, picking up this book and reading it and following the directions. Um, you know, there's, I, I, there were so many diets out there and, and if I was lucky, I would lose weight, but it certainly wouldn't help my mind. Um, most of them were not good for my health. Some of them were really bad for my health and, and, and they didn't, and they didn't work. So to find something that was written, and I love that, that, you know, they're leaving this intact. Um, Dr. William Silkworth you know, give credit where credit's due. And, and, and how many things, um, you know, in my lifetime have not been changed? I can't think of many. Um, but this book has not been changed because it works. And like everybody's saying, if it ain't fixed, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I used to be married to a man who used to say that all the time. And so when I first read this this morning, that's the first thing that came into my mind. And, and clearly a couple other people have mentioned it too. But it's to to have this this basic book and these simple instructions that that work so well that millions of people are buying this book and, and following the instructions and it's working. I don't think there was ever a cure for any kind of addiction before. There were temporary respites, but there was really no and there's still not a cure, but there was really no solution that people could, you know, long term have health and happiness and freedom from from these these addictions. So um, very grateful to that they never changed this, and to Dr. Silkworth, and um, and and Vision, and um, for helping helping me understand this book more and more all the time. Thank you. I pass. And thank you so much, Kathleen O. Okay, Wendy. I'm sorry, I didn't get your first initial. Wendy. Yes. Good morning. Hi, Wendy. I'm recovered in Colorado. Uh, thank you. Janice, for your service, everybody on the line, um, and thank you, God, for the absence I had this morning. And I want to say that um, I love that there's no changes or radical changes, I should say, and I love the word kept intact because I was never kept intact about anything, right? I was running from one food to the next, one behavior to the next, Staying intact is like a really mature adult thing. That's, that's very much an adult thing. And I came into this program very much a child. Um, and in many respects, I'm still um, a wonderful child, uh, but also becoming an adult. So, and, and so I just love that. And to me, that's safety. You know, it's a safe place to land. That's what it's doing there. It's keeping, um, anyways, it's a safe place. And this book is a safe place to land. And that's the beauty of the program. And I also want to say that I um, made up stuff. I was sponsoring um, the Wendy program, not the program. Um, and I never knew how to pass this along. Um, I would just make it up along the way. 
And it's just such a relief today to have this book because all I have to do is do the book. When my sponsees say, I can't sponsor, I just say, all you're doing is reading a book to another human being. Let God sponsor you. Let God sponsor that person and sponsor you into sponsoring, into passing it along. Um, And I no longer have to make up stuff. I can just go right to the book because the book answers absolutely everything. Um, And the answer, yeah, so the answers are in the book. So if I have a question, um, the answer is in the book because God is this book. It's divinely inspired. Um, And to say that it's helped such large numbers, that's an understatement, right? I mean, I have a completely different life, completely different behaviors, completely different um, mindset. Um, And what this book gives me is relief, freedom. It, It asks me to follow its directions. That's all I have to do. And it's brilliant. And thanks for letting me share it. And thank you so much, Wendy M. Okay, I believe Sherry. Is it Sherry KB? That's it. That's me, Janice. Good morning, everybody. Okay. <clears throat> this is Sherry KB in Northern California, a grateful recovery compulsive reader. And thank you for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line, and welcome, everybody. And here we are at the preface, which is a preliminary statement of this book. Um, and this book is, a, is showing us how to treat an untreatable condition. It's giving us directions and, and, and guidelines, and the steps are in here. And this is how we're going to be able to treat, how through our higher power we're going to be able to treat our untreatable condition. Um, and it's saying here that 19,550,000 books have been you know, sold since 76, which is amazing to me. Um, that and imagine how many are now because like people are saying i have i have a lot of them in my home of different um you know editions and everything and i can imagine everybody else does too and what i love about this it's telling us that this is a book that has become the basic text for our society for the society of how many 12-step programs stemmed out of this number one and um i know that in my society of being a compulsive reader this says to me siri this is a basic text. This means that you keep learning, you keep studying, and you keep growing. And this is going to help me stay recovered by um, following the directions in this book and that the radical changes that, that become in me don't need to be changed in this book. I'm the one that needs to change. This book does not need to change. Um, and I'm just so grateful because of the doctor's opinion. Um, I don't know what we'd do without Silky. Um, and when it says benefactor, not only is it you know, um, that he's giving something, but he's giving it freely. It says, you know, one who freely gives to or provides help for others. And how many people has has this man helped and he has no idea? And and what someone else is saying on the line, I had heard that it took till 1951 for him to be willing to put his name in the book. I mean, he really wanted to help, but I think he had to see for himself what where this was going to go. And so I believe in 1951 is when he signed um, his name in this book. And I, I just appreciate it so much because I didn't know that I had a twofold illness. And without reading the doctor's opinion, without knowing, I really had to put the food down and realize that I had an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind, that I would have never recovered. And through these 12 steps and through this book is how I learned to recover and stay recovered. And um, I, I just tell you the other books I've read are great but this one that is the one that really got my attention that really changed my life and gave me a personality transformation and with that I pass thank you 
And thank you so much, Sherry KB. All right, just a reminder of where we're reading from. We're on page XI, and that's the preface. And we're beginning with the first paragraph. This is the fourth edition. We're reading two paragraphs, ending with the society's great medical benefactor. And who would like to start that next group? Sally C. Elaine T. Well, I heard Elaine T, and I heard somebody before Elaine, and it was somebody who was Melanie Sally B. Sally B, and I heard Melanie C. Anybody else? Stacy C. Good, Stacy C. One at a time, and anybody else? After Stacy C. Okay, we'll go with these four. Elaine T, it's your turn. Thank you, Janice. Um, I uh, started to study this book differently today than I did two years ago when I came into vision and um, listened better, I think, because I was willing to do some things I heard other people do. And so I started looking up words and um, even words that I knew the definition of in my head. It amazed me. First of all, I noticed the words basic text. First, I looked up the word text, and then I went back and looked up the word basic. Basic meaning fundamental, text, a form, forming an essential function, a piece of written material regarded as conveying the authentic or primary form of a particular work. Wow, doesn't that say what this is? A written work chosen or assigned as a subject of study. Okay, I'm on a roll. Look up the word study. A state of contemplation, application of the mental faculties to the acquisition of knowledge. Well, that's what I want. I wanted to know how to put the food down and live a sane life. Careful or extended consideration, examination, or analysis of a phenomenon, a development, or a question. Wow, it's like the dictionary was, you know, taking the words right out of the book. Um, certainly, this was a phenomenon. The numbers up front tell you that, starting off with what I know in history, and I don't uh, even pretend to be a Harlan G, but, you know, there were 100 people who started at the time they were writing the book, and then we're at 300,000 copies, and then we're at 1,150,000 copies for the second edition, and the third edition, 19 million. These numbers are just phenomenal. I mean, and I wouldn't even know how to do the math that, that shows the progression of how it grows, and that... I, says to me, that's my higher power. So then I looked up the word recovered because that's the next word that jumps out to me, to be well again. Boy, when I first came into this program 24 years ago, um, I had, I did not believe that there was anything, you know, that I didn't need to be recovered, that I wasn't um, sick, um, that I wasn't even, and I certainly wasn't insane. And now I know, thank you, God, that both of those words do fit for me that I did have an allergy of the body, an obsession of the mind, which has been relieved as long as I work these steps and stay away from my um, alcoholic foods, and then I get recovery. Definition, a return to a normal state of health, mind or strength, the action of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Wow. 
And I thank everyone from Bill W., Dr. Stokeworth on, all of you, because it's taken all of that in 24 years to get me to this point in my life. And it's almost unexplainably wonderful. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you so much, Elaine T. I think you were probably first, Sally, but you can go now. Sally B. Was it you, Sally? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Okay, yeah, I was I was talking away and I was muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, no thank you very much for your service. Thank you everybody for being on this line and creating this meeting that we can all benefit from. And what comes to mind when I look at this um look at this paragraph and I hear the reading and I see how the numbers of copies increased and increased and increased and increased. It comes back to this one thought. And that is, look at what one person can do, what, one per, what a difference one person can make in the millions and millions and millions of lives of people who have read this book, who are in meetings and fellowships all over the world. And, you know, I was listening to or maybe reading about a history of when Bill, when Bill Wilson wrote this book. And it was a very big challenge to actually get this book written in the first place because there was so little funding. And he had to go and get funding. And um, and I don't remember if there was opposition to his writing the book. I think there may have been. But, um, you know, he overcame all of these obstacles to share his vision with everybody. And, you know, first of all, when I think of all the obstacles that he came, that he overcame, you know, it's so evident, the hand of God, you know, that God wanted this book to be written. And he had to do his part in order to get it written. But it was God's plan for this book to be written. And he was the conduit for so much recovery in the world. Um but, you know, what would have happened if he'd not gotten sober? Where would we be? And, you know, for me, that's an even bigger question is, you know, what if Ebby hadn't come to his house? Or what if he hadn't taken the program? Or what if, you know, what if he kept relapsing and never was able to stay sober? What if he didn't do all of this work on himself? And, and on his program and all of this spiritual work, where would we be? And it just says to me that, you know, the fact that he did do that, that he did get sober, that Ebby did come to his house, that he did take the program seriously, that he did develop a working relationship with his higher power, that he did service and service and service and service and service and relentlessly brought the message to the first 100 alcoholics and all the people that he could come into contact with that he could help. And it spread and it spread. And this is all from one person recovering and taking action. And it just, you know, I think that especially if there's a newcomer on the line, it's, um, it's important to realize that we really can make a difference, 
that our recovery, maybe it won't be in the millions or in the thousands or even the hundreds like Bill Wilson, but it can really make a humongous difference. And we have, we really don't have any concept of what our recovery can do for other people and for ourselves. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Sally B. All right, Melanie C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning, Janice. Thanks. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon from the one. That's an interesting thing because I was going to look at the idea that we're simply talking about a book that was published, 19,550 books. <laughs> so I'm, of course, envisioning the idea that, that maybe this book is shared with other people, a single book. Many books I bought brand spank new. Many books were given to me. Many books um, I might have seen um, at a particular sale or a secondhand store. Or, you know, that, and I buy the books. I buy the books. And over and over and over again, they're used by many more people. That excites me too because I look at the people and the faces in this. And that this particular book, this is how I take this, folks, so just bear that in mind. This particular book only became a suggestion of a way to try to work on a, man- a malady that I had. From that point, there were no more suggestions. There were guidelines, directions, musts, and requirements for me, the way I interpreted it, that did something to me and for me that nothing, nothing in the decades previous touched, ever touched, transformed filthy rags like me into what has become today that happened to me. You betcha I have some sentiment against changing any word in this book to, to modernize it, to change it. I have been around in different places, thank God, in my journey here as a recovered person to be a part of wanting to change formats and books and things like that. Came in brand new kind of tout myself as a bit of an efficiency expert. You know, if we just cut this corner and move this around and stack this on top, you know, we could do this thing faster. Did that about 18 months into recovery when I was sober and recovered at a meeting. And um, they smiled at me and we moved on. And I kept pushing and pushing. But through the time, I've seen how that thing has watered down, wiped out, washed out, eliminated face-to-face meetings. I get it now. I understand it now. And it takes a powerful bit of people, the few, because most are unwilling to follow this, I hear and read. It takes a powerful few to stand up and be loving enough, tolerant enough, calm enough to maintain the new order of things. The thing that I live by today to support this idea, page 13 and 14 in the top of 14, um, it says, maybe I'll just read the whole thing if I can get it too quickly and if I still have the time, Janice, you'll watch me out, right? It says on 13, the bottom paragraph there, um, Abby, Bill's reflecting on his time with Abby and he says, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. I have some sentiment about changing anything in this big book in terms of directions. Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant the self-destruction 
of Melanie's self-centeredness in order to receive and accept these words just as they are, not changing from God to to spiritual entity, not changing all those things that I had to adjust to. I wanted to change all those things to my sensitivities. And thank God it didn't, and they didn't. And I was able to come to, and, and the things that have come as a result of that, and the things that are happening as a result of following this particular format and the people that are that are working this particular program and a vision for you, maintaining that new order of things, we are hearing and seeing things that I have not seen in the whole, well, I came into OA in 1989. This whole entire year, it gives me goosebumps that I wake up every day at 3 a.m. to be on this meeting. There's not, there's not a herd of horses that could keep me away. Thanks for letting me share my passion this morning. <laughs> for that, I pass. Thanks, Janice. Start one, Janice. Do I need help? Yeah, okay. Thank you so much, Melanie C. Stacy C., it is your turn, I believe. Stacy C. Maybe I didn't have the right name. Okay, we have about five minutes if we want to take two people at two and a half. Charles minutes. H. Oh, Charles H., good morning to you. It's yours. This is Stacy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait for Stacy. Go ahead, Stacy. Okay, Stacy, if you could take two and a half minutes so then we can have Charles on also, okay? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Stacy Cook in Louisiana. Thank you so much for your service. And I just wanted to just share how excited I am to be able to start over um, in the book uh, with vision going through and I started texting um, Melanie several weeks ago and, and I'm like well, do we have to read the stories I'm thinking please no I want to start over I was desperate to start over so I'm, I'm so glad and I, uh, I just I just wanted to share I remember when the fourth edition was coming out and um, I was in AA I was nine years sober at the time in, in AA and there was so much anxiety and we were just wondering oh my gosh what's going to be retitled what's going to be removed and all of that and there's not much more that I am more excited about than AA history and um, I I had got sober in 91 and Bill Wilson had only been dead 20 years at the time so I had so many old timers that had uh, gotten sober with Bill and, and I was just mesmerized by their stories and I would listen uh, to every word they said and um, you know especially about how Bill would always sit in the back of the room and sometimes he didn't even say he, who he was or or anything and I just loved 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 and um, and I and I share um, a lot of this to say that it wasn't until I started uh, my first food program meeting was in 96 and it wasn't until I came to vision and found people studying out of the big book that I was able to make make progress in my life with with my food addiction, and I cannot express how important that has been to me, to um, because I never got it, I never got it, and for all of us that came from a different program, it was so difficult for me to be able to see that you know I had the, the consequences. The consequences were just overwhelming with my other addictions, yet this is the one that is my core, my core, my number one, and it was, it's was it been so sneaky, so sneaky. So I feel very privileged to be here, so glad to be on the line, and can't wait to hear what Charles H. is going to say. Thank you. 
And thank you, Stacy. Me too. Okay, Charles H., it's your turn. Y'all need to cut that out, man. I'm just another compulsive overeater. <laughs> that, I, that have, <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for, your, for all your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. But I can tell you just for today, I ain't no trick, and I don't need no treat because of this book and because they did not change <laughs> because they did not change any word in this book, um, you know, in, in the, the plan of, of action in the first 164 pages. And I'm so grateful for that. And I just want to say something and make a reference to the doctor's opinion to that, to that um, paragraph um, in the course of his third treatment. This is what, you know, we hear on the line that the numbers are always dwindling. Here's a concept that I'm getting. You know, um, God gave me this vision here. Um, I wonder if, it, if, if, if down the pipeline somewhere, you know, it got shut off somewhere. So it says in the course of his third treatment, he acquired certain ideas concerning a possible means of recovery as part of his rehabilitation. He commenced to present his conception to other alcoholics, impressing upon them that they must, that's an important word to me, do likewise with still others. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship. I wonder if we're just getting ours and leaving. I wonder, because it says as part of his rehabilitation, that's why I'm glad Bill, you know, Dr. Silver and Bill were so humble that they left that in there. Like, as part of my sickness, I need to carry this message. If there's one thing I learned about this big book is helping other people. That's the main thing. It ain't about me today. It's about us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Did you pass, Charles? Yes, I did. Thank oh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute, mute. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. I have a share ID for you today, and that's this morning's meeting, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,607. That's 10,607. So thanks everyone who has shared this morning um, and listened. So um, I am. we are going to now ask John K. to please uh, read in from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, a vision for you. Our book, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Please, John K. Can I be heard? Star you one can, to one. Okay, dear. I'll do that. Star. Please go ahead, Melanie. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep